Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Great. And, you know, like you said, as always, I'm here. Like, I was here last week to correct you about mispronouncing Mercedes's name. Oh, shit. Or stumbling over Bridget. Yeah. I mean, if only Three Houses was fully voiced so you heard them saying the names on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm for, okay, yeah. I will take the Mercedes one. And I probably... I, Mercedes. Mercedes, thank you. Uh, I I pronounced it like the car, like I just did, Mercedes. And uh, didn't even blink an eyelash. But uh, I know with uh, Brid, Bridget, 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 what's it? I, I, I've played, Bridget, that's how they pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, Bridget. I've played a lot of Fire Emblem Three Houses. And I, I think this just goes to show, Eddie, that I'm terrible with names. Um, Never would have guessed. Yeah, I think that's just that's just got to be the thing we take away from this. We just have to accept it and move forward as, as uh, two adults. But um, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad your internet is stable. We did have to record like a little mini last week. Uh, I'm glad you're back because now we can have those corrections in real time as opposed yes. to waiting until the Discord or next episode. Yep, and you... You did stumble over it, but you did get Ferdy Ed correct, uh, you know. I did get Which Ferdy Which I understand, that one being a little more complicated, if especially if you're just looking at it. Yeah, and Ferdy Ed's one of those things that, that's popped up a lot in my playthrough of Three Houses. We we do have a, a packed show for you tonight, which will include some Three Houses conversation. I know we have some people in the Discord that don't play Fire Emblem Heroes anymore, but are interested in Three Houses, so tune in. To that after we get through the the main uh the main meal of this episode but eddie uh the only way we're going to get to it is if we uh we we push this boulder off the cliff and talk about the banner updates that's a real transition that professionals use so um <laughs> we've got the weekly revival banners with brave lynn roy and ninian that's uh that's this week's one and those will go till the 27th of october we got the new power banner going until the 20th Summer Celebration Daily Banners going until the 23rd. Tempest Trials Plus Banner going until the 27th. New Heroes Changing Winds going to the 28th. Sketchy Summer going until September 3rd. Norian Summer also September 3rd. Brave Echoes September 6th. And Festival in Hushido September 9th. Eddie, I see you've got a giant update for us this week. How'd you do? I got nothing. Oh. I didn't do much summoning. Um, still kind of short on funds, recovering from uh, previous points where I was short on funds and stuff. And to be honest, I think I've finally gotten to a point where I don't think I'm going to be spending a ton on normal banner. Um, I might still try and get uh, seasonal banners mm-hmm. when I can, but I think I'm going to try to avoid normal banners for now, especially after last year's Brave banner. Uh, I yeah. did... Um, as you mentioned last week, I got uh, Petra out of the Changing Winds, and I'm good there. As much as I kind of would like Hilda with uh, Freikugel, or however you do pronounce it. Um, I've actually had the weapon in the game, and I don't remember exactly how they pronounce it. But, hmm. um, you know, wouldn't mind have, have gotten that Hero's Relic there, but I think I'm going to be okay waiting. And it gives me something to get on the Pity Breaks that I didn't have before. Uh, but I did my free wheel for the Brave Banner, got nothing there. And there was some discussion in the Discord about who you who we were going to pick for our free heroes. And 
I haven't picked yet. So Yeah, I haven't picked either. I think last year I employed the strategy where I waited until I was done with the banner. Essentially got the three other heroes, then then picked whatever was left. But I do appreciate the theory of going with Camilla. This way you don't have to summon any colorless. I mean, that's a great way to avoid getting a bunch of extra risses, right? Uh, yeah, but I've already got Claude and Mercedes waiting for me, so, you know, I'm going to have to summon some colorless from time to time. True. I, so, yeah, I'm I'm waiting on the five-star free summon. I'll probably pick it closer to the end of the banner. Um, I guess it really doesn't matter because it sits there for up to, up to a year. I remember getting sort of, the, uh, you see the notifications, right? Two years. Two years, wow. I think the notification that the one that's ending is the original Brave Free Summit. Well, then that's the very generous. CYL2 one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on other banners, I so there's been a bunch of daily f- f- banners coming up, and I got Knight, Exalt, Krom, and Aluin, which both uh, I did not have either of those, and I'm kind of happy with those summons. You know, I like the beast units, and, and I think... Uh, or sorry, I'm I'm skipping ahead here. I, I remember Lewin being one of those stronger units that was kind of like, oh, he's a green mage and he's he's on fire, you know. And uh, I like Knight Exalt Crom because he doesn't look like Crom, uh, like Robin had taken all his food away, you know. Crom, hmm. uh, you know, he looks like he's been eating Crom, uh, taking care of himself, Crom, that sort of thing. So I'm happy to have Knight Exalt Crom. Uh, that's after he. Uh, the war was over and he had a proper meal. And then you've got, uh, I've also got Lath uh, as a pity break on the Brave Echoes banner. I was going through, uh, essentially on the Brave Echoes banner, summoning on every color, five, uh, five, five orbs every time type thing. Um, pulling, sorry, that, 20 orbs at a time. That's what I've been doing as well. Pulling mm-hmm. all five, uh, you know, gems or whatever. And got no luck yet. Yeah, I just got the Lathe pity break, and I, you know, I'm, it's a bit of a bummer in the sense that it's not a, a focus hero. But at the end of the day, I didn't have Lathe, and again, I was as I was alluding to before, I just got Tiburn and uh, Nyla, so it's nice to have Lathe as well from that group of beast units. I, I don't know if she was the same. She grouping. was a different group of beast yeah. units because the Nyla Tiburn one, uh, Nyla was the only non-bird. Oh, that's right. That was the two bird guys. I, I have those as well. So I guess I got a pretty good collection of the beast units. So I didn't have lace, so I was kind of happy with that. Obviously, I would have preferred what that would have been probably Om, because I think lace is a red. Yeah. So I yeah, would have preferred uh, Om, obviously. But Yeah, uh, but if I recall correctly, it was Nyla Tabarn and the two herons mm-hmm. with the um, raven as the grand hero unit. True. Lace came with Canagus. Mordecai, Ranulf, and I think that was the uh, Pan GHP. Probably. I think so, yeah. It was the cat. The cat one. Um, and then the bunny one. Cat banner, yes. Yeah. With the bunny GHP. Yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And as for, like, sort of other things going on in the game, a big event was added to the game. We talked a little bit about it. Oh, two weeks I must ago. have missed it. All I've seen is the Lost Lore event. <laughs> yes, Lost Lore is the new event. It's, as I described a couple weeks ago, it's basically Garrison Table. Uh, well, I thought it would be Garrison Table in Fire Emblem Heroes, so I was super stoked. 
And then I booted this up and I was like, oh, this is a little disappointing, guys. Not gonna lie. Um, timer. Well, dude. Timer's the game. I mean, it is, but that's like, what it looked like and that's what it is. But it's to the extreme. It really feels like there's a lack of content. I love the setup. The fact that they've uh, they've essentially well the setup's dumb, but after they after they set it up, it's pretty cool. So what they do is I it's th- dumb, but it fits Anna so perfectly. <laughs> I know. So they Anna oh, has this is this, a like, great cleaning thing. Yeah, and they spill it on the book, great and that erases history Anna. for some reason. We won't question well, their that. record of history or whatever. Oh, their record of history, but I guess they need it in order to engage with the heroes they summon. So the idea is they'll send heroes from that world to recover the history and put it into this book. So you're recovering, uh, well, lost lore. And I love that setup. It's really cool. Sending heroes into these worlds to, to recover this lore. Amazing. However, when you you first boot it up and it's like, okay, send your first scouting team out 20 hours. Well, okay. So I essentially played this for 20 seconds and now I'm out. That's not good. That's, that's like, that's not, so here's the thing with a free to play game, you need to encourage your players to be coming in as much as possible. You're essentially telling some encourages you to come in daily. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess maybe we're power users. So for me, I was kind of hoping that they would, so they would lead into it. So here's my issue is that there's clearly a lack of content here. This is a 20 day event and each run takes 20 hours so you might as well round that up to it takes a day because that's we all have to sleep and you look at the garrison tables and wow which i truly adored and there's not much different between the two the biggest difference is that the garrison tables had missions on timers where you would be popping in every you know hour or so like hour two hour those type marks there were 20 hour missions but those came along later on, and I kind of anticipated there being more of a, a ramp up, as opposed to there okay. just being a twenty hour. So, did you notice there are multiple difficulties to go after? Okay, no. Is there? So, how so did you it... can go for either twenty lines, four lines, or twelve lines? I am willing to bet that four line run is maybe five hours, or four hours, or maybe even only an hour. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait. Um, that would be... That would make... So Let's when see. you're sending them, you have an option at the top to send for how many lines. Yep. So I'm just about to queue up a four, and I'll queue... Uh, just... I'm going to select... We're sorry, folks. We're doing this live, because honestly, if this was the case, that would... Um, that would pretty much... Uh, it wouldn't change my point. Yeah, okay. Oh, so it's an hour a line, essentially. Okay. So I've I've just submitted a four line and a twelve line, and the one the four line was four hours and the twelve. That's um, I guess that's not as bad. And you can actually so I've got a, I've got a strike going on right now because I've queued up the four, I've filled the four acts, and then I locked the strike. I didn't realize you could be sending. Um. So I have three teams that are active. I didn't realize you could be sending. Uh, uh, people to scout as you're doing a strike so and you're right yes you can send a smaller strike of four hours so that's strategic in a sense where if you wake up at 8 a.m or if you're up at like 6 a.m like me and you do a bit of your your gameplay while you're getting ready in the morning um setting like a four hour one so you can pop back or even a 12 hour one 
so you can queue up another one before you go to bed to kind of take advantage of of the full amount of time i guess that that helps a little bit and i do appreciate you making see this is why this is why it's important that your internet's working (laughs) we would have had people write in but still it still feels a little lacking in content and i guess in comparison to other events it's not really i guess No, go ahead. Yeah, the the thing is, I saw that from the announcement of it. Hmm. It's a timers. It's a set of timers. The goal here is to, you know, it gives you a bit of lore for those who don't know the lore of the actual games. And I could argue about how vague and random the lore feels to me, having especially having recently played Shadow Dragon for Game Club, mm-hmm. uh, how it seems to jump very quickly and skip over a lot of details but um you know it's a mode to get someone in the game every day and hopefully while they're there they'll decide to uh do a tempest trial run to do a um arena run do a ether raid run or maybe you know whereas they might not have gotten into the game that day otherwise yeah it's the Get people who aren't getting in all every day already into the into the game to maybe play the other modes. Yeah, you know. I so I always knew it wasn't really going to be that enticing or interesting to me. Yeah. Well, I see, and that's the thing. I, I guess I just I was anticipating something that I believe you warned me it was not, and then I was like, no, dude, it totally looks like Garrison uh, Table or or whatever. It and kind like, of is. It's just in WoW. There's so much that can so much easy. You know, is a lot easier to grab your attention than mm-hmm. you know Fire Emblem. If you've already completed the Forging Bonds or the Tempest Trials or the Tap Battle and don't really desire to hop into it, it's not going to drag you over there. It's not in your face as much as WoW can be with the whole graphical setting. Yeah. So you know? in in Lost Lore, uh, you had mentioned like. There's lore, so there's lore progress. Oh, I see. So yeah, I haven't been reading these. So yeah, there's the pro- so I've unlocked the prologue all the way through the fourth act. Oh, okay. So I'm almost done. So once you finish the strike, you have the final act, and that's it. So yep. Once I've you finish the strike, you should get the final act, and then you can just keep sending people out to get lines. Okay. I mean, I can appreciate that it's showing you. you yeah. It's giving you the. The story, and there are many people, unlike ourselves, who probably haven't played this game, and maybe the next one they do is a Japanese-only one, and that might help you and I. We might then be on that side where it's like, you know what? It's, yeah, it's... that was... Sorry, No, I was just going to say, it's a game boiled down into six parts, but it's still six more parts than we had before, right? Yep, it's not even the game. It's um, a part of the game, you know, because this only covers... Uh, Camus, which is not the whole game. Oh, really? You know? See, I, I, again, I haven't read them. I didn't. It didn't really tell me that I had unlocked them. Yeah, it kind of didn't really tell you. I, I mean, I guess sort of did because there's a little icon saying that you've unlocked the next lore segment. If you tap it on the results screen, you'll go to it. Oh, okay. But it's a way to get more badges and you know gems and stuff. I think, but um. And you get five orbs out of it, pretty much, uh, plus orbs through the rewards. Also, you can get dragon flowers from the rewards. So yeah, there's about 550 lines worth of rewards. 
So once I get those, I may or may not continue sending them out. But the story should be completed when they return next time because uh, they should complete the strike. Um, about the strike, mm-hmm. um, I do like that they're using classic imagery. Yeah, I was just I'm pulling it up now, and I can see you. I was like, oh, you mentioned Camus. I was like, oh yeah, there's Camus right there. So yep. uh, it's it's it is very interesting in that sense that they are because Camus is Camus in the game. I yes. Okay, so then that is really interesting. Camus was a grand hero battle, and that's why we know that the name is supposed to be Camus and not Camus, as it is spelled. Mm. You know, because there was the Fay Channel with. Uh, it might have been when he was returning as one of the daily GHBs. Uh, yeah. Daily rotating GHBs where uh, Faye called him Camus. Camus. Yep. Yeah. It's like, well, there's a nest there. Did you miss that, Faye? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe you've talked me down a little bit on this one. I, I think that I, I was disappointed, but um, it is what it is. And I mean, a lot of the other modes are similar to this. They they feel like they could be more, but they stop short of just kind of giving us, you know, the next great thing. And I was kind of maybe they'll maybe they'll add a bit more to it as they go forward. But I mean, we said that about Merkur sieges, and I mean, there hasn't been much added since. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah, they're they're different modes, they're different ways to play, and they might attract different people. I mean, I'm staying around because i love the characters love the games that they're based on so you know and i do actually enjoy the game to a degree you know still enjoy the game but it can get kind of tedious there are you know i might have managed to get more um summons on the brave echoes banner if i had been in more often but i've been kind of distracted by the other fire emblem game that just came out yes i think a lot of us have been for sure uh, but uh, speaking of which, we should get around to that. What uh, what new events are coming in the next week that we have to well, look forward to? When the new power banner ends, we do have the Heroes with Solo Skills banner starting up, uh, as well as a Bound Hero Battle revival of for Alencia and Nephany. Uh, the new round of Rooker Sieges starting on the 23rd. Uh, and the Solo Skills banner ends on the 20th. The Bound Hero Battle revival starts on the 21st. I said ends, but starts on the 20th. Um, a new tap battle starting on the 24th. I uh, don't know if we know what the theme is there yet or not. Uh, as well as the voting gauntlet login bonus. Uh, maybe some banners as well, as usual, starting on the 25th of August. Cool beans. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a busy week. We'll have some new events well, some return events coming up. I'm looking forward to Rucker Sieges again. I, 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 I can dig it. Um, but what? Yeah. We, but we do want to talk and about. Yeah, you kind of have to say you wanted more from Rucker Sieges. Yet, you know, Land Conquest has been around for about a year longer than Rucker Sieges, and is still hasn't caught my interest any more than it did the first time. Yeah, we don't yeah. talk about that. We try not to, so. at least. <laughs> Um, we had a, a story chapter last week that we didn't get to chat about together, and I figured it would be uh, it would be wise to carry over. We had the Changing Winds story chapter last week, where Veronica leads our heroes towards the weapon that can defeat Hell, only to find out dun 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 was a trap. 
Also, Veronica had a similar experience to Alphonse, only no Screamo this time. Are you disappointed there was no Screamo, Eddie? Uh, could give or take it, so no, I'm not disappointed, but, you know, wasn't hoping wasn't hoping for Screamo, but I'm fine without it. <laughs> you're so, you're so, uh, <laughs> you're so chill about it. I mean, there I go, insulting all of our Screamo fans, and you're just like, I'm on the fence. I'm good either way. I'm just poking uh, fun. Depending on the music, some scream was actually pretty decent. No, oh, there you go. Then again, any uh, branch of music can be said the same, you know? Some of it's good, some of it I can't stand. Uh, controversial stance. Eddie says, good music is good, and he'll listen to good music. I can dig it. That's a good stance to have. I'm not joking. That's a really good stance. Um... So what did you think about this story chapter with, you know, basically Thrashier being sort of outed as Veronica? I still don't really buy it. Yeah. I guess maybe. But I mean, unless the this world is more different than it seems, Alphonse and Veronica should be the same age as they were in their world, in the world we know. And the event that happened that killed the world theoretically did not happen over the course of years. Uh, unless there were a lot more people than I figured, and Veronica was not at all involved in the whole initial situation, which the story makes it seem not the case. So mm-hmm. there's no logical reason for Veronica to have grown up a bunch of years. Yeah. You know? it, you're right. That's, I never really thought about that. You're right. Veronica in in our world uh, looks to be much younger than than Alphonse. I I don't know what the age difference really is, but especially if they're claiming this is grown-up Veronica, she's, uh, what, young teens, if not 10 years old, to Alphonse's maybe 18 to 20. We also don't know how long long it's... Do we know how long it's been? Like, that hasn't been told, right? In theory, um, once they die, they shouldn't continue aging. Oh, but they clearly have. This is a world where, well, we don't know that. They Mm. could have been, you know, Alphonse might have aged a little bit more, so maybe it is, you know, still about a eight to ten year gap, but they, you know, Alphonse just didn't change much in his 20s, where Veronica changed a lot in her teens. So that is a possibility. Yeah. Uh, Like, you know, the big thing for me is that the badges on her holding her cape still feel more Askren than Emblem to me, but I could easily be wrong. And with only, in theory, looking at previous years, only like three or four chapters left, if that, you know? So you think it might be another reveal that that's, it's actually Sharina and she had her own motives for assisting dead Alphonse? Yeah, well, you know, the motives could easily be the same, wanting to save their world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and it being Sharina, I feel, would convince Alphonse more than it being Veronica. Do you think you, you know? can, do you think they can pull off a second twist in the same nature, like, and not be cheesy? Because I think the Alphonse twist was like, ooh, that was good. But, yeah, like, do you think they could do that with, you know, this thrashier Veronica person and say, no, actually, it was Sharina? And will we get a Screamo video Maybe. for it? I don't know. You know, it's, it's all. We'll see where they're going with the story. They yeah. could be honest in saying that it is Veronica. You know, 
doesn't. I mean, with Leaf, once they said it was Alphonse, I looked at it and I could see it. Mm -hmm. And with Thrasir, they say it's Veronica. I look at it and I don't see it. Yeah. You know? It's a tough call. Maybe I'm just missing the cues that are there that are supposed to be telling me that this is Veronica. It felt like a a bit of a stretch. I mean, now that we're talking about it, I, I didn't really bat an eyelash at it. And then I was like, oh, well... Now that I'm thinking about it, you're right. It wasn't as strong a, oh, yeah, that makes sense when Alphonse was revealed or when Leif was revealed to be Alphonse, right? So I don't know. It's interesting. It's a very interesting theory. And I mean, you're right. We have another essentially four months of of this book to deal with. Uh, Yeah, I'd have to double check and figure out exactly what chapter number this is. But, you know, in theory, it was about 13 chapters on the previous two two um books mm-hmm. so depending on what chapter this was we have three or four more chapters i think we, this was at least chapter nine yeah well i'm not really sure but um we'll definitely we'll definitely keep an eye on it uh, uh thracier watch 2019 will return next month when we get new heroes uh, but we do have the Choose Your Legends 3 Brave Echoes banner that has arrived. You've got your uh, first and second in the men's and women's Choose Your Legend 3 divisions. So we're going to go over those heroes as well as a couple extras, Tempest Trials and Grand Hero Battles. So let's get to it. First off, Micaiah, Queen of Dawn. Micaiah has mysterious powers that allow her to heal the wounded and gain insight into the future. So did she know in Radiant Dawn that she would place first in the third Choose Your Legends? Anyways, her Brave Alts is a green tome flying unit wielding Light of Dawn, which is effective against armored and cavalry units, uh, grants uh, resistance plus three, and finally grants bonus to attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance during combat, equal to current penalty on each of target stats, calculates each stat bonus independently, uh, she also comes with two new skills, Attack Slash Resistance Bond 4 in the A slot. And I'm assuming that's probably an upgrade uh, skill, right? Yep, that would be a Tier 4 version of the Bond skill. Perfect, so we got a Tier 4 skill there. Where if unit is adjacent to an ally, grants Attack Slash Resistance plus 7 to unit and neutralizes unit's penalties to Attack Slash Resistance during combat. Second is Yoon's Whispers in the B slot. That's uh, I said that kind of weirdly. Second is Yoon's Whispers in the B slot, <laughs> where it started. That, that was even weirder, was it? <laughs> okay, I'll move on. Um, <laughs> where start a turn if any foe's resistance is less than or equal to unit's resistance minus three, and that foe is adjacent to another foe, inflicts attack slash speed minus six on that foe through its next turn. I, that's all sounded like gibberish to me, but whatever. Um, I'm still focused on the way I said Yoon's Whispers. Uh, rounding out our kit is Sacrifice as an Assist and Ground Orders 3 in the C slot. Yeah, okay, so the obviously these brave heroes, very complex, very powerful. Um, this being, Micaiah being the first in the women's division for CYL3. Uh, Eddie, what are you thinking about Micaiah? I, di- I didn't say Bird Lady, but I'll say it now. What do you think about Bird Lady? Uh, well, it kind of confirms that Yoon is the bird. Yep. Uh, with the Yoon's Whispers skill, uh, having a picture of the bird as the image, um, as its little icon. So that kind of confirms that Yoon is the bird. 
uh, if they hadn't really fully confirmed it with her hovering over her shoulder like it does damage. Uh, but the art's nice. Like I said, when it was first revealed, the um, skirt is weird to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, short in the front, long in the back. Just feels really weird. It's like she really needed to show off the front of her thighs, but she doesn't want anyone to look at the back of her knees. <laughs> what if it's a... What if it's like a... Uh, I don't know. What if it's what if it's like a skirt cape? I don't know. Is that a real thing? Got me. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, that is a little. I don't know. Maybe that's the fashion of of Radiant Dawn. Yeah. My maybe. favorite. Um, my favorite edit is her normal attack. I saw this on the subreddit. Uh, her, her normal attack art. If you put a basketball right where the light is near her fingers, it looks like she's going. She's going for a for a slam dunk. It's pretty good. Okay. And I I think like the fact that they've illustrated uh, a sec essentially a second character in here with Micaiah, um, you know, as uh, uh, Yoon up in the top right or top of, over her shoulder essentially. I think that's really cool. And there's not many heroes that have sort of a second character sort of you know animated in there. Um, both now is it but now i'm looking at the uh, fire emblem guide and it's it's got yoon in the sprite art is she also in the sprite art i obviously haven't summoned her yet so i don't know um doesn't I look think like so. it is maybe uh, i think i think so but i don't know for sure i don't have her either so it seems yeah it yeah. seems to be in her official art it's it kind of shows her but I would be interested to know that. Obviously, none of us, neither of us have her. But yeah, she's she's really cool. She looks really great. And I think as a first place winner, I wasn't really sure if I was going to be excited to see Micaiah here. But I think they really did her justice with the art, um, including Yoon and kind of going all out. Aside from, yeah, I guess the weird skirt slash dress thing. I don't know. I, I, that's... Yeah, that's not the weirdest thing. Oh, there's something weirder? Oh, one could argue whether it's. Oh, weird. I, I thought. Okay, I thought there was something weirder not, about not, her. Not about her. Not <laughs> the other weirdness is not about her. Okay. Per se. Oh, oh well, we'll talk about what's weird. Actually, why don't we? Why don't you uh, tee this one up? Yeah, I was kind of leaning towards slipping into it, unless you had more to talk. Nope, about. Nope. Go ahead. Know. I want to hear about the about right. this next thing. Uh, yeah. The other one is um, winning the votes on the men's side. We have Alm, one of the two lords from Gaiden or Echoes. Uh, Shadows of Valentia, who is joining Celica with a brave version this year. Like Celica, his outfit hails from the original release art fic and keeps him well protected, especially in certain areas. Uh, he does join as a sword infantry unit with his weapon Draco Falchion. Uh, this weapon is effective against dragons, unsurprisingly. Uh, grants attack plus three. Also gives them plus five to the four main stats. Uh, attack, defense, speed, resistance. If there are more or as many or more enemies than allies, not counting him or his target, within two spaces. Uh, he does come with a unique skill, Send Scale, which uh, deals damage equal to 25% of Alm's attack. But it deals seven damage to Alm after combat if he attacked during the combat. Uh, he also has a new threaten skill, uh, and, you know, new skill in the threaten line. Uh, I believe this is a um, 
or no, it's Camilla who has the tier four one. This one is a dual skill or dual duo dual stat debuff to attack and speed. Uh, subtracts three, I believe it is, at the start of the turn. Uh, he also has Draconic Order and Chill Defense rounding out his skills. Mm -hmm. so. And what you were alluding to before is the way his armor parts uh, armor yes. parts around his uh, his frontal crotch his region. His dong armor. His dong armor, yeah. Let's, let's not sugarcoat this. And I mean, like, um, is this the... Okay. Is this the equivalent to essentially boob armor in the sense that I personally, yes, good idea. Let's protect the the front genitals area. But if I get an arrow just to the left or just to the right of my genitals, that's going to hurt um, as well. So I kind of would prefer all of it to be covered appropriately. I mean, it's kind of more to think of it kind of as a medieval cup. Yeah, but probably. I guess he's got. I guess it's armor, but still, I'd maybe it promotes. Um, I've never worn a full suit of armor, and I know I know just not based on personal experience, but suits of armor don't necessarily lend well to being able to move freely. So maybe this allows him to move more freely while still having protection. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I view this as more of a protection against up-close combat. Oh, yeah. If you try to knee him in the groin, you're going to hit a giant metal plate. Even um, if he's not wearing know, the metal plate. The, ar the armor is... Not so much against an arrow, because an arrow, like you said, might slip between the cracks in the armor and still hit right there. I mean, he's still got stuff underneath. Like, but he's still got, like, some 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 uh, heavy also armor. also could just be an artistic choice, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I think a lot of people... Overthinking it. I, yeah, we're definitely overthinking it, but that's half the fun of having these conversations. I think, True. I, I think looking at this, um, it's definitely art from, what, like, the 90s? And it it, re it yeah. reeks of the 90s. Um, oh, yeah. So it fits really well. And I think that it's just one of those things where, yeah, they just, they, they put it, they put some armor dong in there. I, I would like to correct myself before we um, get the messages. And the, uh, his threaten skill is actually a tier three or tier four skill. Oh, okay. Uh, the normal would be attack speed two. Um, it actually does grant attack and speed plus five to him while debuffing the foes within two spaces by uh, five attack and speed. Cool for the turn. So through their next actions. But he still. So it actually is a tier five version. I didn't realize that. Oh no, you mean tier four? Said only three. Tier four, yeah. Oh man, could you imagine tier five skills? Yep, they'll come. Suddenly we're jumping up another tier. Yeah, someday they'll be here. Don't you worry. Uh, well, that's uh, that's all interesting and well and good that he has uh, dong armor as well as a tier four skill. Um, I certainly feel threatened. Anyways, um, Om Imperial Ascent. That's what we just talked about. Next, moving into the uh, second place winners in the men's and women's division, you've got Elliewood, Marquet, Ferre. That's not how you pronounce it, is it, Eddie? Marque no. Marquis? Well, Ferre was fine, but it's Marques. Marques. Marques Ferre. Aha. Uh, finally getting a shot after Lynn, Hector, and Roy, Elliewood arrives as the second pick for CYL3 in the men's division. His design is based right 
based on right when he's officially inherited the title of Marquet, Marques, <laughs> of Marques Ferret from his father, Albert. Doesn't he look magnificent? Yes, he does. As a blue lance cavalry unit, Elliewood wields Ninny's, Ninnis, Ninnis's ice lance. That feels like a mistake. Uh, which is effective versus dragons and beast foes, grants speed plus three, and if unit initiates combat, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus four during combat. He has one new skill in the B slot called attack slash speed ruse three, where if a rally assist skill is used by unit or target units, inflicts attack slash speed minus five and guard on foes in cardinal directions of unit and target through their next actions. Rounding out his kit is Rally Attack slash Defense Plus as an assist, Swift Sparrow 3 in the A slot, and Speed Opening 3 in the C slot. Whew, okay. Um, <laughs> first thing I want to say about this one is Elliewood uh, really shined in the Brave Echoes paralogue because essentially he was he was saying in a cool Elliewood way, like he wasn't bitter about it, but he's like, Hey, I know I was summoned here because all my other friends were already summoned and I was the fourth best choice. <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, Elliewood, thank you. You're you're th- well, he would be the third best choice because it, it was only Lynn and Hector, but well, his son came through as well. Oh, Roy, yeah. Yeah, so I thought like that I thought that was kind of I you know what? I don't even blame him. Like he's definitely just saying it like it is and he's not bitter about it. And I love it. Like Elliewood, yep. that's totally the Elliewood I remember from that game. And, and also, if you really look at the roster, and I think counting Roy in there is a little awkward, but if you look at the roster of a Fire Emblem game, fourth best is still pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I totally agree. Adding Roy in, like, he's in this game for maybe all of five minutes. And, and you know, we never even, the only reason we know who Roy is is because of Smash Brothers. Like, at least I can, that's how I can speak for myself. But I think that. In America, the main reason we know Roy is Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. But I would say, you know, him finally making it in the game is probably related to the fact that Hector and Roy are in have made it through the Brave Heroes. Because I think we I think the when you look at the entire audience of Fire Emblem Heroes for in the West and in the East, the Fire Emblem GBA game, I don't know for certain, but I believe it was popular across you know, it was a prequel to a beloved game in Japan, and then it was the first entry in the franchise in, in North America. So it kind of hits that wide range of audience. And yeah, I think when you think about it, like, Elliewood is is a key... He, he was going to be in here no matter what, And but I think you had to work your way through Hector and maybe even Roy before you got to Elliewood. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see Roy because Roy is the main lord of his game. Whereas Elliewood shares the spotlight with two others, and Hector appears more in Elliewood's game or in um, Roy's game than Elliewood does. I believe Elliewood is either off to the side, like Elliewood's father is most of his game, if not dead early on, killed early on. And it's Roy trying to avenge his father's death. Mm hmm. I don't know for sure because I haven't played that game because it's Japan only. I wish we, I wish we, I wish there was a remake of that one. If there's one game in this franchise that I wish we could play and play, you know, legitimately with an English copy. My personal preference, if they were to do an Echoes 2 or whatever, a new Echoes game, would be for that, uh, you know, Binding Blade. 
Would it be too much for that to ask for them to do both? Like, remake the GBA one and also bring bring the 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 Roy one up as well? Or would that be too much? I I would love it. I would love it yeah. too. I'm just wondering if maybe like do condensed versions of both. Maybe I don't know. That would actually probably set uh, fires. No, I wouldn't want a condensed versions. I'd yeah. rather the full versions, even updated in the Echo style or in even in a new style similar to Three House. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would love for both games to get done as one combo, but you know, it seems iffy. Well, do you think now that we have this? This is a bit off topic, but do you think now that we have three houses, can they do what they do with the Zelda franchise, where they have like a three D team and a two D team, but they're making games now for the sa- essentially the same system? Like, can you do that with Fire Emblem, where you have your Breath of the Wilds, aka three houses, and also your Link's Awakening, aka like an Echoes game? Like, do you think they can pull that off and have it have it be successful? Or do you think? Yes, or do you think like three houses kind of ruined they're us? They're going to. I don't know. No, I mean I know you don't know, but I mean, and, and the other thing is, is they have to figure out what they need to keep and what they need to change, and how much they can keep slash change, or whether they do a um, situation where it's pick your mode type thing. Mm-hmm. Do you want classic blazing blade? Want Binding Blade, or do you want um, Three Houses style gameplay? Um, and no matter what, the Echoes is going to have, a, I think the Echoes is likely to have a smaller audience without drastic changes to the original games, which would theoretically hurt the classic audience coming back. Mm-hmm. And it also depends on what they feel needs to be kept from Three House. Well, I think with an Echoes game, you we would chop out all of the monasteries, like all the metagame stuff. Like I think, you... and that's that's why it would have a probably have a smaller audience than you know than Three Houses did, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people who came in the monastery being there is what really sold it for them yeah no i mean new new people to the franchise certainly for sure and i think yeah echoes and well a remake is always going to be for the fans like let's not sugarcoat it like i think with a hardcore franchise like fire emblem like i think it's possible to do a remake that's for the fans that also brings in at least a few either new fans or you know like stuff they could actually bring over would be the more flexible weapon system. Yeah, oh, I agree. Like, bring over, you know, combat yeah. art and bring over uh, the gambits. Like, that would be really cool to see and totally applicable to to those two games. Um, and, you know, I think a follow-up to Three Houses being, you know, an Echoes version of a game that is pop- that was popular in the States but is also missing a key plot point uh, would be would would probably go over well for for new fans that that had just jumped in at three houses because they're probably eager for more fire emblem i think that would be a solid follow-up and i just i don't think we're getting a three houses scale game again on the switch in the fire emblem franchise like they churned that out would kind of fit because yeah i mean maybe not but it would kind of fit because 90 percent of the time uh nintendo doesn't 
do more than one a generation. From from a uh, from, yes had an extended generation, so awakening makes sense. Awakening and Fates kind of is okay, but well, man, 3DS was kind of weird when, especially when Fire Emblem was relegated to uh, 3DS only. Well, yeah, we had um, Awakening and Fates not long after, but Fates was essentially similar to Three Houses, like three uh, three separate paths, uh, and then and then you had Echoes, right? So you had three games in that generation, and and I would argue once Echoes arrived, it was a little long in the tooth, but Awakening and Fates, I think 3DS was still still top of its game, you know. Um, but the Switch is doing well. I guess we'll see. Like you can't argue with. Um, popularity and then also look at the fact that we're getting a breath of the wild too maybe maybe i'm completely wrong and we might get another three houses style fire it also game. depends on how long they want the switch to last yeah right? and their business model if, i mean if uh, they want the switch to last um handheld like handheld lifespan we could easily have another three houses on switch if they're planning to have the switch last um console lifespan it's possible because console lifespans have been getting longer but it's less likely i think it's dependent on the longevity of the switch and if it continues to be popular we could see it last a little longer than five years what we're already what this is year three so yep and also kind of depends on what they do with um you know updates to the switch if that makes sense yeah like a pro version, we've already got the light version, so I could see yep. upgrades also affecting this this path as well as the next gen con- consoles from Microsoft and Sony. I think that will definitely could definitely impact Nintendo's plans, depending on on whether they see a dip or an increase in in next gen sales. But uh, that was a fun tangent. Um, I'm going to steer us back here because we are running, we are yes. burning the three houses light pretty quickly uh let's talk about camilla this yeah. is my fault i will take full full credit for that uh, that so, round yep the run up runner up in votes for the women joins from fates and comes as well equipped as ever astride the back of her wyvern a colorless flying staff unit she comes with sand greater uh that's my best guess on how to pronounce that one sand greater um, <laughs> that's good sure with uh the as her attack skill, which has dazzling staff built in, and prevents foes from counterattacking, as well as getting her giving her attack speed plus three during combat if she initiates combat. Uh, the dazzling staff is what prevents the foes from counterattacking. If she initiates combat, she gets the stat boost. Uh, it does also inflict gravity after combat, which is the one that reduces the. Um, movement to one space no matter what their movement type normally is uh she also has a new tier four push skill it grants a boost of seven to the assigned stats for that uh you know the assigned push stats uh if they have uh and if she has more than 25 percent health or the unit has more than 25 percent health it gives that boost uh but deals five damage to unit after combat if they attack uh, and this one is uh, push skill for attack and speed. She has restore plus as her healing assist skill, and wrathful staff and attack tactic, rounding out the rest of her skills. So cool. Well, they're basically saying, like in the description here, that she's the queen of Nor, right? So I yes. don't remember who. Like obviously Xander was the oldest sibling. 
was Camilla the second oldest? Is that correct? I believe so. I can't recall if Leo was older or not. Uh, but the other thing that normally affects things is gender. A lot of times, you know, countries prefer to only take kings. Yeah. So this is an alt version where Camilla became the queen of Nor. Whether she, you know, because she's older than Leo, she got to be the next one, or they just, you know, Leo and Xander either didn't exist or died off in the war type thing. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember, I don't know if we would consider this a spoiler or not, but I mean, um, in Birthright, Xander is is taken out. So, I but I don't remember if Camilla dies as well. She she could also die. Like, obviously, that's the... I remember fighting her. I don't recall. I don't think she died in it, but maybe she did. Yeah. You know, I do remember fighting her in one area. But... I do remember Xander dies for sure at the end. Spoiler alert. Okay. But I, I I'm just kind of throwing theories out here i'm wondering if like this is just this would th- you're right this is what this is what camilla would look like if she was queen of nor and um whether that's canon or not you can you can take your pick I but mean, you know i guess for the same explanation of why the uh why thrasir could be veronica uh you could say that's why you can have a camilla that became queen of nor yeah so i'm not gonna argue with it she looks cool She's a healer. We haven't had one of those yet. One of those Camillas, so that's good. Yep. <laughs> right? So you can't argue with sure. that. Um, uh, the, push, the tier 4 push kill is definitely a um, power creep. Yeah. Feels like. Because instead of needing 100% health, it needs 25% health to activate. Uh, I think the damage is the same as the tier 3 version, but you know, you just lost... You can do it with 75% less health, and I think stat boost is higher as well. So essentially, if someone needs a heal, you have a guaranteed that you're going to give them. Well, this is combat, I believe. Tier 4 push skill. Okay. Oh, I see. It boosts her attack and speed during combat. The healing is a nice bonus, you know. And for her having restore means, um, if I recall correctly, I'd have to look it up to be certain, but I believe restore is the one that heals the healer as well. Uh, but you know, mm-hmm. so well. And if it is the one that heals her as well as the person she's healing, just going in and healing someone will help. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I I really dig that they've added her as a healer because oh, like no, it no restores the one that removes any penalties. So it doesn't heal herself, but still, if she attacks and her weapon is well equipped to attack with. You know, dazzling on the staff and uh, wrathful on the skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good that they've got her in there and they've they've given her something new to do that she hasn't had before. So that's good. Uh, uh, we'll move into the Tempest Trials uh, unit, which is Sigrun, Loyal Protector. No longer content with only being in the game as a bridal unit, Sigrun jumps in as a Tempest Trials unit. Sigrun is a Pegasus knight who serves the Apostle of Begnian. She's an elite soldier who commands both the Holy Guard and Begnian's Pegasus knights. As a blue lance flying unit, she wields Reprisal Lance Plus, where a foe initiates combat, grants attack plus six during combat. No new skills, but she comes with swap as an assist, defense slash resistance, link three in the B slot, and hone flyers in the C slot. So this one's uh, unique in the sense that this is a... 
she was on the bridal banner this year, I believe. And, yep. And they've given us her normal version through Tempest Trials, which um, I saw some Charlotte memes out there. Oh, yeah. I'm in, And I haven't double-checked, but I think she may be the only unit who has gotten a seasonal version and then finally come in as a normal version. Which hmm. is, yeah, why there are Charlotte memes, because Charlotte was in the bridal banner the first year. Here we are two years later, and we still don't have a normal Charlotte. Yeah, the Charlotte fans and, out there are not happy. Yeah, I'm not sure why she was chosen. Um, you know, her being in the bridal banner kind of made sense, uh, especially with the story of, you know, she was chasing after Sanaki from last year who had gone and participated in the bridal event, you know, so her and the other Path of Radiance character, you know, being there kind of made sense to a degree because they were both guards of Sanaki, um, but She's from the same game series as Nakaya, but she was like number 205, and there were a couple other units that I'm pretty sure were female before her, so she wouldn't be part of the far-fetched heroes Brave Redux, and that might be why they chose her over them, but, you know, we already got her earlier this year, and so, yeah. Charlotte's still sitting there feeling lonely. Yeah, and Charlotte feels and normal like... Normal Charlotte would have fit, because we have Camilla. Yeah. And I think normal Charlotte is one of those characters that you could also throw into the into the fan fan service bandwagon, but um I think she also deserves a normal I think all special special heroes deserve their normal alt uh, or their normal character if they have an alt. I mean, I, mean, I, I that's my yeah, personal I'm, belief. I'm kind of of two minds. While I like having more variety, I also kind of would prefer that we get a normal version before the seasonal version, but mm -hmm. clearly that's not happening. Because they've been regularly giving us seasonal versions before normal versions, like Braille, uh, you know, Sigurd and Tanith, Volt. There's a lot of examples, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's interesting that they've done this, and we'll keep an eye out. Maybe they'll continue to do it, but um, yes. it's interesting so, that this is a, a this-year character, for sure. Yep. Uh, we do have one more character to go over quickly, because uh, last week the Grand Hero battle with the Death Knight, the Reaper, had not uh, happened yet. Uh, and also we kind of went over Kranya, because we had uh, forgotten to do her the week before with Sothis. Uh, but we did get that dropping uh, as we, you know, after we recorded last week, or after Ryan recorded last week. Uh, and from three houses, we have the Mysterious Servant of the Flame... Flame Emperor, the Death Knight, joining in this Grand Hero battle. Uh, he shows up multiple times throughout Three Heroes, but in Fire Emblem Heroes, he... Three Houses. But in Fire Emblem Heroes, he joins as a Lance Cavalry unit. Man, we're just so short on those units. <laughs> it's not like we've gotten two in the last couple banners. Oh, wait. We <laughs> he have. comes with his unique weapon, the Scythe of Serial. Uh, yeah, I figured the people would pick up on Dimitri and uh, Ephraim being right there. <laughs> Probably both better than or as good as him, you know. But uh, the Scythe of Serial, which accelerates his special trigger and gives him plus four to his four main stats and preventing follow-ups if the foe has a rally, hone, or movement-boosting skill active on them. 
Uh, the accelerating special trigger is automatic, but if a foe is affected by a rally hone or has something like armor march or armored boots on them, uh, they will. Uh, he will get plus four to his four main stats, and not they will not be allowed to follow up. Uh, as a GH uh, Grand Hero Battle Unit, he does have no other new skills, but does have Blazing Flame, Escape Route, and Close Guard on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that his art makes him look like he has a giant boot on one of his feet. Oh, okay. It's a perspective thing, don't get me wrong. It's me being weird, I'm just saying. Look at his attack yeah. art, tell me that he doesn't look like he has a giant boot. Okay, I will do so. It's everything else is normal. Anyways, it's, I'm just poking fun. Um, that's funny. So we're gonna talk very minor, uh, you know, three houses stuff later because we've already gone an hour. Uh, but he shows up, and he's always the big bad, at least in my playthrough. And again, I won't go into much details, but he kind of just like fades into the background. A lot, a lot of characters do in three houses, and I think that's where. Um, I don't even know if we get the answer as to as to what or who the Death Knight is. Um, there's definitely some details, but like it's when Fire Emblem Heroes says like this character is shrouded in mystery, like that is true. That's not just them avoiding spoilers. Like there's some things they could reveal, but honestly, it's pretty. He, as far as I know so far, like he's pretty mysterious. He's pretty mysterious. In my playthrough, I learned more about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on my second playthrough, who knows what, I, what if anything, I'll find out about him. Or if, like you said, he just kind of fades into the background. I mean, so. Well. In mine, he keeps coming back, but. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. Let, well, let's talk about, let's enter the Elrom Gate quickly. We, like I said, we've already been going about an hour. Um, we are going to have to cut yes. this short. Uh, we had a lot of units to describe, and we had some fun doing it. Uh, and this is a Fire Emblem Heroes podcast. So what we're going to do tonight is. First off, I'm going to state that next week we're going to make some time. We're going to carve some time out and we're going to spoiler our thoughts and feelings for part one, which is uh, the Garrick Mock section where you're where, where you're interacting and teaching students. And that's all I'll say. Um, and we'll talk about that in spoiler detail. And just so you're aware, we will put it after the outro. So if you're not interested in spoilers, you can just stop listening then. And if you want spoilers, you can keep listening um and for like we did for the unit that we'll be discussing in two weeks yes yes of course i was like what are you oh yeah legendary hero that was leaked no i remember getting the video for next week but yeah yeah for sure we record theoretically yes okay so um essentially so for part one you're you're definitely looking at um myself i've i've uh got black eagles and then uh you played blue lions and i think Played Blue Lions on yeah. my first playthrough. I'm actually started a Black Eagles run now. And I was just gonna say I'm starting my Golden Deer, so maybe my next week will have thoughts and feelings across all the all the paths for part one. Not complete feelings because it took me three weeks to finish the first path, and I don't plan on playing quite as uh, involved as I have been over the last three weeks. But a good chunk of content to talk about in part one next week with spoilers, and we'll kind of. We'll kind of move some some three houses or some hero stuff kind of like in, out of the way so we know we'll have time. So look forward to that next week. 
But this week, I want to get a quick update on where we are. And Eddie, I've been talking a lot about three houses, so why don't you update the uh, the fine listeners on where you're at? Well, like I said, I've beat uh, the Azure Moon route or Blue Lions route. I've moved on to a Black Eagles playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, I went with a female Byleth. Um, you know, I'm doing the new game plus. Uh, so a bunch of things transfer over, like all the renown you spent upgrading the. Um, Saint statues in the first playthrough. Uh, that is, the Saint statues are exactly where they were. They carry over, so I have all the boosts to my teaching uh, that I had in the previous playthrough. Um, and I had about forty-five hundred renown, I think, when I started. Um, and one of the things they unlock when you start a new playthrough um, on your first exploration, you now have a journal on your desk in your room. And through that journal, you're able to spend your renown to um, boost uh, support skills, weapon in weapon skills, uh, your professor's level, uh, up to higher ranks. Um, I had like just enough to go straight to maxed out professor level, mm-hmm. uh, but after thinking about it, I think I actually did it. Then I reset the start of the game. I realized you know what, I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff anyway, and I don't need the full 10 points in three battles right here at the beginning. So I only went up to level C. Oh, okay. Uh, professor level C, which left me with more uh, money. Um, there were three units that I definitely wanted to recruit, and there's a good chance I'm going to try and do a full recruit again this time because, uh, you know, I want to not kill people. I think at some point I'm going to try and do no recruit runs of just about every path to see where they do actually would, where they would actually show up. You know, if I didn't recruit them, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a ways down the road. But um, I spent a handful of renown to go ahead and upgrade uh, those three units that I wanted to support level B. Because uh, something I heard about and can confirm now is if you have a unit, a student at support level B or higher, they will randomly during the week ask you to join your class. Cool. Uh, so I had Mercedes uh, just randomly come to me one middle of one week saying she wanted to join the class. Yeah. As for the other two, I've been bad about remembering to make sure I save before I... Uh, start the week so I could reset if I didn't get them Mm -hmm. yeah I'm really excited about New Game Plus I think that it's something that isn't hasn't been out there a lot and I think now people are starting to talk about it now that they've started to finish the game obviously it's a thing you get after finishing the game so people aren't going to be out there right away talking about it but it's it's a very rewarding mode to to kind of encourage multiple playthroughs because honestly my impression of new game plus in previous games of any sort was just an excuse to start the game again because you enjoyed it and there was really no replayability there but in this one this game there is replayability and i would say from my perspective new game plus pretty much guarantees i'm going to play this at least one more time you know and maybe Mm -hmm. fill the gaps with 
conversations with yourself and the rest of the folks in the discord watching youtube videos that sort of thing i i mean i don't i and like i said i've been pretty much devoting all my free gaming time to fire emblem three houses since its release uh on july 26 you know so for the last three as, weeks as have i um, yeah i've been doing a few things in regalia lost but even those have been kind of falling behind i need to train make sure i complete the event in time with that yeah so with three houses i i i so i last week we were going to talk about it I, I had finished part one and i really liked part one i liked engaging with the students i liked doing a lot of things but as is tradition when ryan plays games he quickly realizes things when it's too late um so a couple things i i realized like oh if i don't recruit these people i i have to kill them in part two um not all of them but a good chunk and not all of them are likable characters, so it's easier to swing the axe than than not. But um, yeah. most most of the time, I think the first one you come across is is uh, Leone, and I really like Leone, you know. And I didn't recruit her, and I had to kill her, and I was like, oh, that that really sucked. So, so I have to ask, yeah, how did this come as a surprise to you? And that's the thing. Uh, I don't necessarily want to go into it again because I talked about it on Gamers In, but the nutshell of it all is that this is Ryan enjoying part one so much that he completely forgot this is a Fire Emblem game and eventually the characters were going to go to war. Because there's no... Well, okay, there, there... We'll definitely talk about it next week because I think the the only reason I can suggest that I'm not a blinded crazy person is, is a spoiler. Um, so we'll talk about it next week, but... Yes, valid point, Eddie. <laughs> I mean, the moment they released the war trailer, while I didn't know exactly what happens to cause the war, I mean, yeah, I, you're right. And the fact that in in that war trailer, they and I think it was then that they announced that you can recruit students from other houses. I pretty much knew right then. Anyone you don't recruit before the five year time skip, you're going to be fighting at some point. Yeah, whether. It's fighting because, you know, your side's gone crazy, their side's gone crazy, or it's just the sucky part of war and you guys can't, and the three factions can't agree to fight what the actual baddie is. Which but see, we'll that's... over more later. That's it's educated. Like I knew the that... moment they announced the war phase that, yeah, if you don't recruit him, you're going to fight him. Yeah, but that's like June Ryan. Like, we're talking about six weeks later, Ryan's excited about this game, Ryan's excited about part one. Oh, wait, I forgot part two is war. Like, there's a lot of time in between, oh, yeah. a lot of stuff happening in between. I mean, I'm not, I'm making ex- jokey excuses. You're, you're completely right. Yeah. Um, but I, I got over it, and part two was a lot easier um, to play through knowing I was going to play through again. And the story does, uh, we won't go into spoilers, obviously, because this is like probably another month down the road when we talk about this. But I think that the path I took in part two is the toughest path, is the toughest pill to swallow. Um, but that's me saying, knowing nothing about the other paths, you know, so I'm I'm completely talking out my butt with this one. But I feel like based on what I played, that felt like the toughest but also the one that I had to keep moving with. And again, I know that's super generic and non-spoilery, but I think like when you play the Crimson Flower Path, you will understand kind of what I'm saying. Like you're driven forth 
in a way that makes sense, but it's still painful. And I feel like that was one of the things people were using to describe this game is because it really feels like the first Fire Emblem game that captures war in the way war is. It's like, it's shitty. It sucks for all sides. People die. People lose their loved ones. And like, this is the first time I felt that about a Fire Emblem game because I think Awakening being my last, maybe even Echoes being my last favorite one. Um, Echoes was, uh, or the most recently released favorite one. Echoes had you're the good guys, they're the bad guys, we're going to fight them. There was some stuff near the end that kind of twisted things around, but at the end of the day, there was good guys and there was bad guys, and you were the good guys and they were the bad guys. You know? Even that, you know, like you said, there's the twist at the end with uh, why Rudolph is doing what he's doing. But but it's still, like, right up until that very end, he's the bad guy, until he's not. You know? And... I feel like that's what's that's what's lacking in three houses because like it's very gray um and depending on which path you take your first path you might be the good guys but on the second path your good guys are now the bad guys um and that's really well done yeah i mean i can't say much without spoilers but Mm -hmm. i played through the game and there are still questions about you know what i'm i'm probably gonna try and do the crimson flower path because of what i played through and i want to see you know this other viewpoint yeah like my when i so i if i were to play this again for if i were to have a shot at rewinding and and on july 26 picking a different path i would have gone claude first um because i just i found him the most interesting and most likable and I think that's why he was always going to be my second. But I feel like Edelgard's Crimson Flower Path is a good second path. Because I'm imagining it fills in a lot of unknowns. But then, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I need to play the other... I need to play Claude's Path. And I feel like Blue Lions is probably, story-wise, the better path, path to play next. Because I'm imagining it's the polar opposite of what I just played. Um, so... I, I don't know. I, I haven't got to the point where I choose again. Uh, I am. I just started New Game Plus today, so maybe I'll maybe I'll think a little bit. I'll sleep on it. But yeah, I mean that's currently where I'm at, and I think we went over where you're at. We we have run out of time, but next week I promise we will carve out um, more time to spoil Part One because uh, Part One's pretty beefy too. I put forty hours into Part One. How much you put in on Part One? <laughs> Part one, <laughs> I, it's hard to remember that far back. Probably a good 60 to 80 hours. Holy jumpins. Okay. Oh, that's right. Maybe, you recruited maybe everyone. Maybe more. Because, yeah, I did the crazy recruit everyone thing. Okay. Um, well, then we might need to just take a break from Fire Emblem Heroes and just maybe we just do a Three Houses spoiler. I feel like we could talk about part one for an hour. I mean, we can talk off air about that, but um, that might yeah, I, be... I don't know exactly where I was in part one. I did grunt, I did support grinding at the end of uh, the Blue Lions path. Yeah. So you just bought a bunch of so, board games for people? Not even. I was fighting battles, working up their supports. Oh, that's right, because you can do uh, recruits. Um, uh, I ended up... The suggested level, I think, for the map was about 41. Um, most of my team was 
50 to 60 because I was grinding out supports and battles. I would sit, um, you know, pick a character to work on, set, set an adjutant that they needed their support worked with, and some of them it was boosting quicker. Um, Byleth was taking forever. Uh, some of his characters that were sending him, bringing him as an adjutant were getting from level 47 to 55 before they even got their last support notch with him. Hmm. And almost everyone was at B with him at the start of it, so it was it was a fun it was an interesting paradox while grinding supports. We should because yeah. the further along I got, the less I had to do each week, but the longer it felt. I, I will <laughs> ask. It's like I want this done. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, we will move on and wrap the show up, but I will ask this, and, and based on your your grinding of supports, like, do you feel like New Game Plus? I'm not going to say do you do you regret it, but do you think with New Game Plus kind of encouraging you to to accept the fact that you're not going to recruit everything, but we'll give you some, some building blocks to recruit characters you had in your previous playthrough, like some shortcuts um, with renown points? Like, do you feel like you you kind of wish you maybe saved some of those, or do you do you now think your New Game Plus is going to be easier to recruit everyone because you have those those renown point options? It'll be easier to recruit everyone, and I'll be able to skip supports as I as they play if I've seen them already type thing. And there are new at least two characters per, well, one if for Golden Deer, depending on various factors. Uh, but at least for Blue Lions and Black Eagles, there are two characters that have a whole new set of supports to work through. So it, it's hard to say. And the further into the New Game Plus cycle you go, because um, it, you know, from what, uh, you know, uh, who was it? Opera, I think, who started his third playthrough. Uh, yeah, Opera started his third playthrough, and New Game Plus seems to uh, cycle over again. So, you know, mm -hmm. I started my New Game Plus with. Um, about seventeen fifty worth of saint statues to still complete. Okay, you know seventeen fifty worth of renown to spend on saint statues still. On my second time of um, uh, new game plus, I will theoretically have, you know, either no saint statues to worry about or maybe a thousand if I decide not to use the stat maxers stat max boosters right away maybe ten thousand you know i'll have a lot less saint statue stuff to worry about so i can focus on getting my skills up or mastering a couple classes just to simplify it you know mm -hmm. well so. um i think uh i think we'll have to cap it there i i definitely appreciate all the the three houses talk that we've had in the discord and I highly recommend... And I may not have actually answered the question you originally asked. Sorry there. No, I I just... I think that... Um, I need I need to get into New Game Plus and experience it. And, and see what it's like. And see what the points look like. I think it's it's something that we'll be able to talk about probably more tomorrow. Cause, or next week, rather. Because uh, I feel like our New Game Plus stuff in Part 1 will we'll come into our spoiler chat. Because we'll have more experience with the other paths. But... 
Yeah, no, we, we, we got to jump out. Um, unfortunately, we spent a lot of time, not unfortunately, we spent a lot of time on the new units. We had some good conversations. And I do appreciate all the three houses talk in our Discord. You can check that out at uh, in the Gamers Inn uh, Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. There's a great Fire Emblem channel there where everyone's talking. You can find more episodes at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay if you want to move back and listen to some other episodes of Summoner's Call. Email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, eddie at drawfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers Inn for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.